from phx.fm. This is Conversation with the Rabbi, featuring open, honest dialogue and sometimes unconventional perspectives on the world we all share. Welcome to the inaugural Conversation with the Rabbi podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with phx.fm. It is my pleasure to welcome your host for this show, Rabbi Michael Bayo with the East Valley Jewish Community Center. Hi, Rabbi. Hey, Adrian. How are you? And thank you for being here with me. I'm delighted to be here with you. You know, this show is something that we've talked about for a while. Uh, it's something you've been keen to do. And uh, and here we are. So this is exciting. It is very, very exciting. And um, I, I can't actually believe that we're actually doing this after so many months of, of planning this. And our original concept, of course, was in a pre-COVID era when we were going to be in together in the studio. But now here we are in our virtual recording studio. We've got a very, very interesting lineup of guests who are all going to be having a conversation with the rabbi. Before we get into the show itself and what your goals are, what you want to accomplish here, let's tell folks that don't know who you are and, uh, and about your work a little bit about you and about the work you do with the East Valley JCC. So how do you introduce yourself if you're in a crowd of strangers? What do you usually say to folks? Well, uh, I usually say that I am an Italian Jew because I was born in Italy. And I also lived in Israel for many, many years, uh, roughly 18 years. Traveled around uh, Europe, lived in different countries, England, France. Uh, um, and uh, and then I say that uh, East Valley JCC about five years ago, they were looking for a competent and good looking new CEO, and they got the good looking. <laughs> Very good. Well, I like that a lot. And competent, I think. I mean, most people don't realize the scope of the programs, the the budget that you oversee. I mean, this is a this is a large organization with a lot of different programming. Obviously, what's happening now in uh, the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, things look a little bit different. Uh, but if you take us Kind of to the more general level, first of all, what happens in and around the East Valley JCC? And then what's changed now uh, as so much has changed for so many? Sure. So um, a lot a lot has changed over the last five years since I arrived. When I first arrived, the JCC, uh, and for those folks who don't know, is uh, the East Valley Jewish Community Center. We're based in Chandler, Arizona. And it was primarily a childcare center, and uh, the organization has been around since 1972 with one of the top of the line childcare centers. Um, and uh, we, the organization also was focused very much on um, Holocaust education and community building. Uh, since uh, I arrived, uh, we revolutionized a little bit the scope of the work that we do. And uh, as of pre-COVID, we had about um, 85 uh, um, different programs in 850 different sessions uh, covering six different departments. So we grew from, I would say, a, sm a relatively small organization into one of the largest uh, Jewish organizations in Greater Phoenix and one of the larger uh, employers and organization in the East Valley. One of the things that might not be immediately obvious is that the East Valley JCC, while a Jewish community center, has served individuals and families of all religions, races, genders, cultures, etc. You have a profound commitment to diversity, 
of religious expression as well as diversity of cultural ways of living. Talk a little bit about that. You could not have expressed it better. I'm going to copy every word that you just said. Uh, we are what I like to say. We are an open tent where there are no uh, walls. Uh, we welcome any person, irrespective of their background, of their belief system or lack of belief system. Um, we uh, most of our programs, if not all of our programs, actually, let let me stand corrected. All of our programs are open to everybody, um, including our childhood care child care center which is uh, we are Jewish in the sense that we talk about uh, Jewish values that are ultimately not different than values that we find in many different traditions. And what's Jewish about them is the way that we express them. Uh, that is the main uh, difference, I would say, between the Jewish values and non-Jewish values when we talk about the childcare. Uh, but we have programs that go into human dignity and Holocaust education and interfaith and and community outreach, uh, dialogues with all uh, members of the community. And this is what a community center is all about. Um, it's not about uh, being secluded within your own community, but it is about opening up and learning from each other. Now, that brings us to this program, Conversation with the Rabbi. Even again, the name might imply something that people might assume is uh, in a more traditional uh, framework. But as you expressed to me early on, you had a different vision for this show. And you want people to understand that having a conversation with the rabbi can be something unexpected something thought-provoking, something eye-opening. What is your vision for the show, the kind of guests we're going to have and, and engage with? What can folks expect from this new format? So first of all, I would like to say, and I would like to think of myself of being a little bit different than the average rabbi that one may find uh, in the streets of America. Uh, that first of all is because I was not born in this country. And therefore, I bring maybe a point of view that might be a little bit different. A second, I was raised in an ultra-Orthodox community. And over the years, over the last, I would say, 10 years, I transitioned away from that self-definition of myself of being ultra-Orthodox. I cherish very much my upbringing but I am not there anymore. And so I am able to evaluate many topics under different points of view, both the one that I was raised and my current new uh, point of view, uh, which is a blend. It's a blend between being a rabbi and being a CEO and being an entrepreneur and being a father and a friend and a member of a community. Uh, an Italian and Israeli and also American. I'm a proud American citizen. I voted for the first time and it was awesome. It was exciting. So many people, as the media has fanned the flames of fear, anger, suspicion and doubt, which of course serves for a certain business model to increase the bottom line because 
what makes people upset, holds their attention, gets them to click, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many people seem to me to have forgotten something that they might remember from not that long ago, which is that conversation itself is a simple and yet incredibly powerful mode of human interaction. That to simply talk with someone, not just at them, is a pathway to discover things we didn't know about ourselves as well as about them. So you're bringing on this program guests from a variety of different backgrounds, many from Jewish communities here and overseas, but others as well who represent different communities of faith, different um, political points of view, different professional commitments, etc. Why is that important to you? Because uh, as human beings, we are multifaceted and uh, we should never stop learning and inquiring about ourselves. And I find that one way that we can learn more about ourselves and be better, better human beings is by learning from others. You saying it, it's a conversation. Exactly. It's a conversation and not a debate. It's a conversation and not an argument. That does not mean that we, that I will agree with everything that my guest will say, but we will have a conversation about it. We're not going to have a debate. It's about learning also from those who disagree with you. And for sure, learning from everybody. Uh, one of the greatest uh, Jewish philosophers, uh, Maimonides, said, you have to accept the truth, whatever its source is. And I hope that um, my guests are going to bring a lot of truth into what they say. And truth comes in many different colors and shades. And, uh, and I hope to be able to share it with all the audience to bring maybe something of my own truth and together build again uh, stronger friendships, stronger stronger communities, and ultimately learn from each other. I couldn't agree more. It's partly why I agreed to co-host the show, be your sidekick, if you will, as a cultural anthropologist, a secular one, raised in a traditional Seventh-day Adventist Christian home, but over the first 15 or so years of my own life, finding my way away from that community without any animosity or resentment, uh, caring very much about that background, but not continuing to participate in that community. I found as I've traveled around the world and talked with people in many different places, uh, that listening to others helps us discover things about ourselves. So I'm excited to join you on this journey. I, I am curious a little bit about your own biography. Let's end this introduction with that because you've alluded to it several sure. times and I don't know if the full implications of, of this are clear for people. So you grew up in Italy. Yes. But you left when you were 15. Uh, exactly. So talk about what yes. it was like before and then why you left. I left Italy because uh, at the time in Milano, Italy, uh, there wasn't a possibility for me to continue my rabbinical studies. So I left uh, Milano and I went to study in a rabbinical seminary or yeshiva uh, in London. Um, and then I stayed there for a while, uh, a little bit over a year. And then after London, 
I went to study in another yeshiva, rabbinical seminary, uh, in a small town outside of Paris. It's a half an hour by train from Paris called Brunois. Um, and after I completed my studies there, I moved to Israel, again, in rabbinical seminary. And all of these, bear in mind, these are very ultra-Orthodox uh, environments. Um, and I stayed in Israel for a number of years. That is where I became a rabbi. And after I became a rabbi, I decided to go to college. And so I moved to New York, uh, went to college in New York. Uh, once I graduated, I moved back to Israel. And for all host of different reasons, I did not continue at the time my rabbinical career. I went into business. So I went into uh, the toy business and then into high tech and real estate and I stayed, uh, and I was an entrepreneur for many, many years until uh, my entrepreneurial um, journey took me back to the States doing renewable energy. And I was doing renewable energy in the States and in uh, Europe. And during that journey, um, I was always uh, teaching classes here and there as a guest lecturer and, and dabbling in, in, my, in my first love. And one day my wife, which I met here in the States, uh, she, and when I met her, she was teaching at Emory, uh, Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, my wife one day told me, you love teaching much more than you love being a businessman. Why don't you find a way to combine your entrepreneurial uh, expertise with your rabbinical expertise? And that's what I did. I left the business world and I went into the nonprofit world and I became the rabbi and chaplain of Boston University Hillel. I became the executive director there for the Hillel House. And then life a few years later, brought us here to Phoenix, where I became the CEO of the East Valley JCC. Now, the trajectory of mostly urban centers you've just charted from Milan to London, a bit outside of Paris, but still connected to that yeah. metropolis, uh, Israel, New York, Atlanta, Boston, and now Phoenix. There must be things that you have come to love, things you've come to appreciate, that when you were first presented with the opportunity to move to Phoenix, you must have thought at some point, uh, what would I be doing? Uh, who, what, you know, what sort of Moses would I be to go into the desert here? <laughs> right. What's it been like for you making that transition? And what have you come to love about life here in the Valley? First of all, I never thought that I would come to Arizona in my life, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I would get to see the Red Mountains and the Grand Canyon. Um, and um, I never thought that I would live in the West Coast. Um, and I was discussing this with my wife yesterday. We love it here. We love Phoenix. We love the people. Uh, we love the diversity of communities that exist in Phoenix. 
And don't get me started on the weather. I mean, who who doesn't love the weather in Phoenix, including the summer? It's not so bad after all. After you have experienced the Boston winter, uh, I'll take uh, Phoenix summer. You've brought a a, a sense of uh, what would, in a more traditional use of the word, be called culture, uh, music, um, theater. Uh, those things. And and your, part of your commitment with East Valley JCC is to use this platform to bring world-class uh, performers uh, here, scholars, you know, of a wide variety of programs. Obviously, COVID-19 has changed a lot of that. You've been doing some things virtually. What have you learned in the process of fully embracing, although you have some technology background, you are now a virtual leader of a largely virtual community. How's that gone? So it is largely virtual. We were lucky enough that uh, our childcare center uh, is open. Uh, we were able to do a very successful summer camp. And our, as I said, our childcare center, we take kids from six weeks old to uh, pre-K is open. And actually, we were just accredited uh, as uh, uh, by the um, world-leading uh, facility accreditation that our facility and all of our processes are uh, the best uh, in the field to maintain a clean and sanitary facility, especially because of SARS and COVID. So we're very happy to be the only JCC and the only childcare center that I know of that has received this uh, very esteemed accreditation. Uh, so our childcare center is open but everything else we're doing online. So we're talking about hundreds of hours of doing online. I I also, my classes, my weekly classes are online and we have partnered with other, other JCCs to be able to offer various programs, programs online. And, um, you know, when you have a lemon, you make an awesome lemonade uh, and we're making the best of out of the situation. Um, the challenges are that uh, it's more difficult to sometimes to create that uh, sense of community around a Zoom. But on the other end, uh, you're giving opportunity to people that otherwise will be completely uh, detached from everybody else to still connect. Um, we are thinking ahead of what's going to happen, whatever the post-COVID will bring. I believe that it's going to be a hybrid between online and in person. Uh, we are going to bring some uh, amazing uh, programs and very exclusive educational programs um, to 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 the field, um, and uh, and I hope that uh, people will 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 enjoy them. Marvelous, and of course, one of the programs in the new lineup is this show. The Conversation with the Rabbi podcast. We have a fascinating lineup of guests. Rabbi Michael Bayo, thanks so much for hosting this program. Thank you very much, Adrian. And thank you very much for uh, being my co-host. And hopefully we'll both learn something from our guest. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to Conversation with the Rabbi on your favorite podcast app. You can also find the latest episodes online at conversationwiththerabbi.com. For all of us here at phx.fm, I'm Adrian McIntyre. Thanks for listening, and please join us for the next Conversation with the Rabbi.